This is episode 235 of the Gold Squadron Podcast. I'm your host, Dio Morales, and today I'm joined by Marcel Manzano. Hello. Will Black Sun is Oxymoron? Hegwood. It's fighting for both the light side and the dark. And Ryan, joust my Tabson, Stanazuski. So great to have the lieutenant back on the top. <laughs> All right, so in, unless you've been uh, living under a rock, or maybe, maybe today is your very first episode of Gold Squadron Podcast. If that's you, welcome. But this last weekend, November 6th and 7th, we crowned our galactic champion so i want to start the podcast off by saying congratulations to alex mogensen our galactic champion ow yeah one with some first order we're going to be breaking down all the lists today uh that were in that top 16 there were there was a cut of top 32 we're also just going to be doing a little bit of review, talk about kind of like a, a, a retrospective on Galaxies just a little bit. Take, take a journey with us when it comes to uh, thinking about how the progression of Galaxies happened this year. And uh, the, the biggest thing is the fact that it even happened, right? Thank you to the community for supporting it. And uh, it's great to have a new Galactic Champion. So um, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll start just by uh, we'll jump right in. We're, we're going for it. We're going for it. We're going to be pulling out lists. Alex Mogensen, our galactic champion. Now, uh, Ryan, you, you were you were super hyped uh, with your oops with your uh, you know, with your with your podcast name today. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and have you break down that galactic champion list. All right, so. Unsurprisingly, in my opinion, we have a first order list with Kylo Ren. This one is a silencer. Uh, with extreme maneuvers, sensor scramblers, and ion torpedoes. We have Lieutenant Tavzin, no upgrades. And then Breach, the I 5 TIE FO bomber, with advanced proton torpedoes, ion missiles, conternets, and seismic charges. Um, I've been trying out Kylo with uh, this silencer, Kylo with sensor scramblers. It works really well. It's mm-hmm. really great for just a point. Really easy to slot in. Uh, he really likes extreme maneuvers. Works is very very good on him. Um, and I was able to catch a little bit of the final game, and I saw some of the cheeky interaction that we got. Now that there are bombs available for the first order, bombing your own tabs in for a um end of technically end of activation action normally a coordinate is pretty good i'll take a damage to get the very last information for my actions whether it be something like a barrel link to lock on breach whether it be some extra repositional capabilities with kylo whatever you want to do or jam if someone's close enough yeah, so um, this this list is uh, we've seen a couple people bringing iterations of this um, in the Galactic Championship. Uh, the most notable one that comes to my mind is um, Nick Tobin. Nick Tobin in the last Galaxies got pretty far in the cut, 
with uh, with a very similar loadout. Actually, I, I I didn't pull it up. Let me see if I can quickly quickly go and grab it. I believe it was at Scarif. Um, now you, you talked about Tavson. For for somebody who's not familiar with Tavson, what is uh, what's what's Tavson ability? Why is he so good? So Tavson says, bring it up so I can say it for verbatim. He has two charges. Only one arrow up, so one reoccurs per turn. After you suffer damage at any point, it's not while attacking, while defending, it's just suffer damage, you may spend one charge to perform an action. He's got, obviously, a very large suite of actions. Focus, target lock, reinforce, coordinate, and jam, all white. And, obviously... Uh, for people who had not seen Tavzin in action prior to the FO Bombers existing, it was normally, if you shoot at Tavzin, Tavzin's going to shoot at, shoot at you back much harder if he has you in arc. So the normal thing to do is not shoot Tavzin. Um, but when your own, your own ship can help boost that action capability of Tavzin, and in a very end of phase uh, knowledge base being end of activation from bombs which was commonly the seismic charges um, by uh, Alex Mogensen when he used it. Uh, it's very very powerful I think. Agreed. Now I was able to pull up uh, Nick Tobin's list from the from the last uh, the last qualifier from Scarif, and he had this same same ships. We had Breach, Tavson, Kylo Ren, uh, the same exact uh, Kylo, and, but instead of having those seismic charges uh, out there, who was carrying fanatical advanced proton torpedoes, electro chaff, and counter nets, so so that that switch there made made a big difference, especially with the with the seismic charges giving you. A lot of a lot of great spread for that damage because now you have a little compared to how you, I don't think you want to ionize your Tavson, right? Like that seems like a bad idea. But very, seismic very char <laughs> seismic charges gives you a bigger range for for getting that uh, that coordinate done, and we got we got to see it to good effect. It was uh, it was pretty awesome. And one I mean, of the obviously things on, on on top of providing that action I talked about, it mm -hmm. also just clears the way for Tavson. I don't know how I don't I haven't I only saw the final game that Alex played, but it looks like he commonly had breach in front of Tavson, so breach in a way was getting the extra benefits from Tavzin, and then on top of that kind of clearing the way in an aspect depending on what he used the seismic on because he could have options depending on how close other obstacles are i think i heard that in the interview at the end that he said um it's also there if he if he lands on an ops uh, on a rock on an asteroid instead of a debris like he can land on an asteroid and still shoot so it's um it's a way to ignore rocks and then not only can he shoot if he lands on an asteroid, takes a damage from rolling on an asteroid, and then takes another damage from the debris. Now he's got a target. He's on an asteroid. He can shoot, and he's got a target lock focus. Like he can really shoot. So, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty wild um, change uh, addition. I think he, uh, you guys talked to him, but didn't, didn't he mention that that was like the last minute change between what him and Tobin were talking about? That. Mm -hmm. 
that he that was like a last minute change uh yeah so one of the things um we're gonna start doing uh here at gold squadron is um i know that you you guys say you like articles so i wrote it's very it's very short very simple but just kind of going a little bit through what the lists were here and uh, and just talking about that choices. Yeah, so he was uh, – in the post-game interview, Alex mentioned that he originally had proximity mines on Breach. And then the shift was late. The, the shift was late. So uh, if you like articles like that, they're on the website. And I'm going to be, uh, be updating those once in a while. I have some other things from Galaxies that I want to talk about. So you can check them out on goldsquadronpodcast.com. Man, breach that the value that you get there is is amazing, and I think the um, the, the goal and I, people were talking about it on our Discord today is you want to essentially trade breach and most of Tavson. You want to make sure that you have an end game for Kylo Ren, like that. He's he's the monster. Would you agree with that, Will? Oh yeah, the whole list is uh, designed uh, to uh, prevent Kylo from getting lost early. Uh, those sensor scramblers, uh, they're just the uh, control as well through the ion torpedoes and the ion missiles. Um, in addition to Tapson and Breach just being kind of like uh, jousters for lack of a better word. They're just trying to come in and draw as much attention as possible. Yeah, I'm, uh, it, it was really cool to see. And one of the things that uh, that I talked about in the in the post game interview is this is something that has been trickling around. You can you've seen like Tobin playing it. Ryan, you mentioned that you've been messing around with it as well. Um, I, I think for a while this is going to be an archetype that we see a lot. And I want to talk about the the value of extreme maneuvers because we saw that car do some work. Uh, on and that last uh, in that last game, you want to talk about a little bit about that, Will? Uh, yeah, I mean the uh, the the fact that I mean we we've, we've seen the barrel roll Daredevil back in uh, from Major Von Reg and some of the other uh, uh, FO interceptors uh, be very successful, but Kylo can do it uh, with the Force and with a much chunkier chassis in addition to being able to do that uh linked boost uh as you said before with tabson coordinating either mid combat or at the start of combat essentially the end of activation when bombs go off uh can really fine tune where kylo's putting his arc uh each round yeah absolutely awesome so again, one more congratulations to Alex Mogensen. Uh, he's actually being uh, recorded right now in an interview with the uh, Minox Squadron podcast. So make sure to check them out tomorrow, and uh, he'll get to talk a little bit about galaxies. Hey, listen, they're just doing cross-promotion for us that we didn't have to pay for. I ain't going to complain. <laughs> they're cross-promoting. you got to make sure you say their name right. It's Fly That's what Better. I was thinking. Oh, yeah, I was sorry. Like, I said Minox. Yeah. He's, he's talking yeah, way go back now. <laughs> Listen, they're always my knock in my heart, okay? Yes. Sorry about that. So fly better. Yes, for any of our new they they used to be called one thing and now they are called fly better. Forgive me. Okay. 
I think in my conversation, what? Why did I say? Hold on. Let me. I'm gonna see. Was it? Yep. Okay. I'm gonna blame the conversation I was having with Alex on that because we we kept calling him Minoc back and forth. But anywho, let's head over to our runner-up who brought what I thought was the most surpri- one of the most surprising lists in the cut overall. Marcel, hit me with it. It's simple yet elegant. Yeah. It, you can't there's there's uh, it's one of those lists that you, that nobody can say anything negative about whether you like um no matter what type of game you like to play. Um you take five ships, which is five black squadron sun, um, ace, uh, a lot of words. Let's just say the K fighters, initiative three K fighters and throw predator on there because they're 38 points each. And essentially they're, uh, it's like having five X wings with better initiative because they're at initiative three and predator. Um, and you give up a shield in exchange for a haul, but, as a as a benefit to that, you get the hard one. So that hard one is um, I mean, it makes these things very maneuverable, especially when you can do like a two talon roll and then a hard one. Um, what it means is that they're going to keep guns on target very often. I did not see a lot of the games that he played in. I saw a little bit of the final, which uh, I'm not going to talk about. You guys, I want to hear you guys. You guys experienced it. I, I walked in like. Uh, I started watching when you guys were saying, oh, no. So I, I missed it. I missed it as well. But um, it seemed like he had them um, not not exactly pointing in the same direction to make sure that those predators, you know, it was hard to arc dodge those predators to make sure that somebody was going to have a predator uh, at one point or another, which makes it um doubly difficult to fly because now you're not flying in formation you have to stagger them you have to uh put one ahead so you know whatever he did it, it worked i think he went 10 and 0 all the way up until the final match ended mm-hmm. up at 10 and 1 which is extremely impressive um again it's a it, it's a list where you just have to set up traps uh you're gonna lose some ships and while you lose ships you're just going to have to trade better than um than the other one uh, but trade better than your opponent and it's one of those lists that you see oh kylo will chew that up oh dash will chew that up oh you know xyz will chew that up but you know he you know he persevered i think that he beat a dash one uh the same dash not the same player but the same list that won two weeks ago the one that beat me and that won the final as well yeah um and that's a tough list to put damage against but you know if if you catch them you know that's uh five times three that's that's a whole lot of dice that's 15 dice coming at you at range two or three um 20 dice at range one or somewhere in between 15 to 20 dice that's you can only have so many focuses and evades to get rid of that (laughs) so so very cool i like it um very impressive and um what i like most about it it's not easy to replicate it's not you know sometimes you get a list that wins or that does really well and you're like okay then i'm just gonna take this and i'm gonna net list it and i'm gonna put this on the table and and you know 
a, a good percentage of the people or a fair percentage, not good, a fair percentage of the people will put it on the table and do well and win, you know, go four and two, five and one. This is a list that if you don't have the, if, if, if things don't go your way, plus you don't have enough reps, you put this on the table and you're going to end up one and five. Like it's, it's so uh, that's what, that's one of the things that I like most about, you know, this particular list is that, it doesn't abuse anything other than being at the right place at the right time, and and that actually and nothing, just being at the right place at the right time, just putting yourself, putting your ship in the where it's going to have the the best opportunity to to win. So, uh, big fan. Yeah, and definitely if you know, kind of going back to what you're saying, the list doesn't tell you the secret sauce. You know, I know that uh, he called it the snaggletooth formation essentially and the idea is that they all they're all five of them are at different angles um and it makes it like you said it extends the predator across multiple uh if you're on versus the 9 and the 40 it's just crossing all these different access that you normally don't end up doing when you are also at a 90 and a 45 um and my recommendation i think will was it the top eight game where we had them uh top eight yeah yeah i would recommend that it is an excellent representation of what that list can do um, and the confusion alone that the the snaggletooth formation can end up causing uh, for an opponent. It was just a great example of what that list can do because to going back to your point, Marcel, if somebody just looks at this and tries to put it on the table, there's a high percentage chance that they just end up doing like a what we're going to call a normal block. And might end up with the conclusion like, oh, this isn't that great. And not to mention, he had said that he had been playing this for quite a while. Is that right, Will? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so he, he had, um, you know, lots of reps with some form or another of this list. So just shout out to Joel Springle. Simple, elegant, but super scary. So um, dust off those Kirax fighters for when you go play in person because I think uh, – I think it might be might be the time, time to shine. Question, question before we move on, though, yeah. can you clarify how does he? What is Snaggletooth? What what is the setup? So like, because I think people in the chat so, are like, is is it just spread out? People think it's all of them, but they're all wonky one direction. I think if I recall looking at it the first time, it's like five across the board and in like a lot of different weird, like almost as if you randomly just put ships on the board. Yeah, if you want, if you yeah. want a visual for those of us, of those of you who are listening to the podcast, I I took screenshots and put them in our article. But I'll go ahead and and pull up the screenshots for those of you who are watching right now. So here, this is the top four game. You can see this this Kirax pointed at some wonky angle going down. This one, you know, this was a little more tame. Then what the final one, uh, the one what he did in the final, but they're all at slight angles, um, with none of them on ninety and forty-five. Even this one in the middle that kind of looks like it's straight, it wasn't. It was just ever so slightly curved. And okay. in the so final, it wasn't one hundred percent consistent from game to game. No, yeah, you just brought up the final one, so it is very. It does it look like there's still a general. I mean, I'm assuming in his mind there is probably a rhyme or reason to some of his setups based on what he sees across the board. From what I'm seeing here is you could maybe say that he might be setting up for lanes, right? If you look at this Kirax, 
forward, barrel roll, and now you have that lane between these rocks. Similar here, roll up, potential barrel roll, barrel roll back in. He might be setting up lanes, but I think for the most part, he's just he's focused what seems to be on five different angles with it looks like some three pointed to the right slightly and two pointed towards the left. So okay. the, 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 yeah, the, the, I, the I, I definitely have uh, when I ran my oh, back when we had our last world's event, uh, when I ran my seer swarm, uh, depending on what I was facing, I would set up still in the formation, but I practiced putting them on an off angle in a formation so that, mm -hmm. yeah, those those bullseyes are harder to guarantee dodge when you're not on a 90. Mm hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's super, super cool. Would suggest uh, to try it. Put it on the table. And I, I think there, for anybody who was really judgmental, if, if you were watching the final uh, in, I think it was turn two or three, turn three, um, he actually flew one of the ships off the board. He flew one of the ships. I'm like, we're doing the intro. And I didn't, I hadn't noticed. I'm, I'm reading the chat and you hear Will go, uh, Dion, um, <laughs> and the ship goes off the table it's hard to manage right because we're so most of us are so used to seeing uh the game is square so we like to line it up because it's a little easier more predictable and um just in that that opening maneuver it just didn't quite work out and he lost uh lost the ship really early all right let's uh let's keep it going though we're gonna take a look at our top four list now um marcel go ahead and hit us with mike messiah with the uh, the meta classic i would say from galaxies 2021 um a version of it yeah with so he's got a separatist list i saw several people i think there was there was more separatists in the finals than in, in the in the cut than i expected to be uh so he's got jangle fett with count dooku counter nets false transponder codes and the hull upgrade he's got um general grievous with the treacherous impervium and solus i think that's that's probably been the staple of of um most non-nantex separate or non-nantex or non-double fire spray lists for the separatists for a long time and then dbs 404 hyena which is just somebody that comes in and punches you in the face with advanced proton torpedoes seismic charges independent calculations which is now free and landing stretch which is now um free for the lack of a better word it's it's built in i guess is the word so um yeah it's two fours uh dbs 404 is a four right so it's two yes. fours and a six Django's ability uh is very good um i think it's better than people think it is until they you know they, they realize like oh i can't spend my focuses to to defend or to attack um it, it it's such a good ability um and yeah i don't know i mean that that's there's not a lot to say about this other than it, it's a it's an oldie but a goodie it's you know it's, it's been around for a while and it's, it's it's good i don't know what to say Maybe right. the false transponder codes is the only thing I, I I thought false transponder codes were probably taking a um a dip in popularity and popularity, yeah, because you know, we were thinking like, oh, there's gonna be E wings around or 
you know, people are learning to play around it. But um, actually, that's something that I didn't see. I didn't see any wings. At least I, I didn't see any. It doesn't mean that there wasn't any. Maybe oh, the, did, there, but... there was some. There, there was some. Mm-hmm. They were, they were here. <laughs> but whether but, or not um, he played against any, we, we'd have to, we'd have to yeah, look yeah. into the look yeah, at the well, receipts. You got like the that, and you've got the uh, what are they called? The um, the the separatist thingamajiggers that shoot out and get lots from far away. Dark one probe droids. There yes. you go. Those take a payload slot, though, so that would have to take away his bomb. Love it, love it. Well, here we go. Stanny, this is a, a list after your own heart, or at least a past heart from what we're hearing, Mr. Flying First Order now. What did, uh, what did Ben Witt and our top four competitor uh, fly here? Another Separatist list. So that's half of the top four was Separatist. Um, but he, he flew, uh, start with three Separatist drones, the I-3 Vultures, who are now the same cost as I-1. All with struts as built-in cost, and all with Discord missiles. Very valuable. Uh, to sort of match the initiative, brought a Separatist bomber hyena, so the generic I-3, which we rarely ever see, and I think the only reason why we're seeing is because to match with the I-3, uh, since now those costs are the same. Uh, plasma torpedoes, Dark One probe droids, and landing struts. And then two of the I-5 Black Arfok um, prototype Droid Tri-Fighters, Treacherous, and Fire Control System for both. Um, This is really surprising to me. Um, It may be the fact that since we're in a world of uh, the random play order that was used, or in general, that it's random and not bid-based anymore, that those I-5s have potential to move after now. It is still a six-ship list, so there is still the fact that being that those have Treacherous and that they still have their network calculations active. They didn't take independent calculations. They're sticking within the swarm and just trying to survive as long as possible and be there for the end game potential. Since they are still I-5, they still have repositional actions, even though they're linked to different options, whether it's barrel link to evade or boost link to calculate. Um, I don't know how often they use their ability, they don't have what I would normally concern to be or, or consider to be a very popular upgrade choice in a list with Tri-Fighters, which is Kraken. So you can hold on to some calculates and really almost create or turn them into Adas. Because once you have those calculates from Kraken, you could take calculate actions or others around you. It, they're like force points on these things. Then you got the White of Eight as well, plus Treacherous. They're really, really hard to kill when they've when they have the right positioning and... They got all their nice friends around them. So I assume the Discord missiles and the plasma torpedoes from the Hyena Bomber were there just to get them to the end game, treacherous to make that even more difficult to kill through the through uh, the swarm, I assume, screening in front of them. And maybe there was a couple potential times where they took locks instead and counted on treacherous and network calculations to keep them alive and use their ability, use fire control systems to reroll, and then in the system phase, got a chance to peek at a dial and use those lower initiatives to block, and then the I-5s know where they need to go. Dial peeking. It's good. <laughs> All right, let's 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 keep it rolling here. Marcel, Nicholas God, our other top four competitor, 
bringing uh, what what for him is I think an expected uh, expected list with a twist. Yeah, with a twist. So he brought uh, Pelob, his um, well. Yeah, it's a twist, and that twist mainly because of the increase in cost of Zam. So he's got Paylob with Moldy Crow. Usually, it's uh, it, the Hawkus with Zam, uh, Captain Justero, Torani Kolda with Cluster Missiles, and R five TK, which again is the droid that allows you to shoot yourself. Uh, no munitions fail safe this time because he's not shooting. He's not loading his own Zam, and, and he's getting close to 200 points. And then uh, the interesting one, Dalen Obras Star, Star Viper, which is, um, if I'm not mistaken, that's the Star Viper that after you complete a maneuver, you may get a stress token to rotate 90 degrees, I believe, mm -hmm. something like that. Um, which is an interesting call. Uh, I mean, I-Force probably, but... He's got an I-3 in there as well with Paleop, so you could easily drop that to an I-3 and figure out, you know, put some bombs on Paleop or something like that. But, um, you know, how am I to argue? He's been flying something like this for a long time, and he's good at it, so um, I'll take his word for it. <laughs> he, he made it this far, so so there's something to it. But, um, again... Anytime that I see ships that aren't normally on the table, I like it. So this is another one of those scenarios where, where I like it. Uh, can I can I give you the point cost? Dalen Oberos is only two more points these days than the Black Sun Assassin, the I three. Uh, so instead oh, of taking say go. like a like a Predator um, Assassin, mm -hmm. you can take Dalen, who probably has way better time on target. Yeah, after you initiative four, where you're making a stress token to rotate your ship. And it's not if you are stressed, so you can do that at any time. So you can do a, a sloop and then double stress yourself. Yep. Being, basically, any turn maneuver is a talent roll. When, yeah. when Dalen finishes his moves, that's on his initiative step. Now, I think that that double, that double, triple, as many stress as you want shenanigans is what people miss. Well, I think when you you kind of a lot of us will assume like, oh, of course it's when you're not stressed. No, no, it, you can do it continuously. Um, this is this is in fact um, Tycho Kelchu reincarnate. This is this is the real. This is the actual, <laughs> right here. As many stress as you want, stack them up. Um, but yeah, really great ability. And it, the ability here with the the kind of ninety degrees at any point slightly reminds me of why Kylo Ren with extreme maneuvers is good because you have the ability to go away from your opponent and then put your arc in the spot where you where you want it. So it's uh, really powerful ability. Of course, the difference there being that uh, you have to have hopefully set up some mods earlier, set up the target lock or something uh, in the b before that. I'll say in in the 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 future world of road stuff like extreme maneuvers, daredevil, and abilities like Dale and Obros, I think are actually be very valuable, because then you can decide later if you want to commit that hard 
if you have whatever player that you may have wanted in that turn. That's right. Dalen Oberos meta incoming. Let's go. I never thought I would say it, but there we are. All right, let's keep it going. We're in the top eight now. Baron Mongu bringing a, uh, a, a first order list that we've been seeing uh, quite a bit. Take it, Will. All right, so uh, Baron Mongu uh, bringing the feedback ping upgrade on some Thai bombers. These are the FO bombers. Uh, they are getting those feedback pings uh, that allow them to acquire a lock if a, a ship, an enemy ship specifically, moves into range 0 to 1 of a friendly device. They get to acquire a lock on it, even ignoring range restrictions. So you have sensor buoys on Lieutenant Tavson. We talked at length how good Lieutenant Tavson is. Uh, so make him even better by getting free lock actions through sensor buoys. And then because you can put the buoys out uh, far away from uh, your own ships, uh, you can put them in the center of the battlefield, hide them on uh, clouds and rocks and obstacles and things like that to keep them protected. Now when you uh, line up to engage the enemy, you try to provoke them into getting close to these buoys so that you can trigger the feedback pings as well. Uh, so they can shoot them, or they're getting those locks to try to shoot the advanced proton torpedoes. Mm -hmm. uh, when when your whole list can shoot five dice range one, uh, you your opponent needs to be very careful. And then in addition to that, these bombers have the proxy mines, uh, which if it's been the the theory craft boogeyman for a long time the the pursuit thrusters boost and then uh do the what are, what was i called it oh the, the, the ankylosaurus, the ankylosaurus baby yeah big big oh uh <laughs> uh mace drop on boom, 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 uh, boom, these boom, guys boom, boom. uh very very scary and uh so yeah, between those, <laughs> yeah, Anklis, uh, I think they're called Ankylosauruses, but I, I, whatever. That's we'll save the dinosaurs later. The uh, the ability though to do automatic damage, to do five dice attacks, to get so many additional actions, uh, just pushes this list uh, out of its own weight class, uh, which is good to see. I mean. I would have not have expected something like this to to be successful without some sort of like long range missiles or uh, like an ace thrown in to end game. But uh, Mangu doing well, very well with it. It's definitely got the feel of if you're being shot by an advanced proton torpedo. Not only are you taking that that turn, but you're probably taking a prox mine the next turn. So. Be ready for like the most amount of damage possible. <laughs> Stacking yep. them up. All right, and the the additional thing is, of course, if you miss the if somehow if you miss the proximity mines, they are also adding to the feedback ping reach. Right, so if if mm -hmm. the, let's say the fight has completely left the area in which you are, you could, if you wanted to, spend the charge here. Is essentially set up a feedback ping loop 
if you want, in another part of the board where now your opponent, I guess, can try to fly through it to end the feedback pings. But that seems bad. Taking damage is bad. So <laughs> a, uh, a, a little maybe extreme, but a possibility in, uh, in strategy there. Knowing now what you – knowing then what you know now, um, changing those proximity mines at least on one or two of them to Seismic and Connernet um, looks so good. <laughs> having ten, mm, uh, having those low initiative advanced proton torpedoes get coordinated for that barrel – just move – Focus and whoever's available for that advanced proton torpedo at at initiative seven. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely would. Focus, I definitely would, lock. On yeah, all of them. I, I would definitely change one of them to seismic Connor because I, I will say, having played a lot of Proxmine FO bombers, super dangerous still. So, um, oh, for sure, but, but but making one of them turn on that that fully operational tabs in definitely yeah and also the um just the counter net itself you know you don't need to coordinate when you know where they're going to be anyway so uh, that's that's yeah, pretty like pretty fantastic so um we'll, we'll concede i mean already the list made the top four we can continue to see it evolve and change what's the right it, it, and, and you might be right ryan the, the final form might have one of these with uh ha having a, a seismic charge maybe one of them kind of with with a little bit of tech out there all right. Speaking of the top eight game, uh, Tim King was the opponent of Joel Springle in that top eight game that we did stream. And uh, this is pretty classic uh, dash. This is the dash that we saw um, do really well in the last Galactic Championship event. Uh, it was the, the eventual winner of Scarif. It wasn't Tim, but it's the same list. Uh, dash Rendar. With expert handling, Jen Urso, perceptive co-pilot, stealth device, and outrider. Uh, Jake Farrell is out there being able to barrel roll and give focus actions to Dash Rendar or, of course, to Ahsoka. Also himself. Also can do it on a boost. And then Ahsoka, coordinator extraordinaire, spent a couple force to do that. And both, uh, both of them are equipped with a missile of choice. Jake with proton rockets, Ahsoka with concussion missiles. And for anybody who hasn't seen the combo yet, maybe any newer players here, that Generosal crew is able to allow you to change a focus to an evade when receiving a focus basically any way that you would get it. And um, so Dash has the possibility of getting double evade if, wants, if he wants to with the perceptive co-pilot. Or if Jake is giving a focus action, you could also create a um a evade token out of that as well so very defensive but as we learned can fall victim to multiple shots because once those tokens start getting burned away that's a bad day uh and if the if the support pieces go down dash becomes a little bit more predictable of course you have to have enough pieces left to take down dash if you go after the support first. So still a very well-rounded and extremely dangerous list. Don't uh, don't take it for granted. Don't sleep on Dash ever. <laughs> Let's keep it going. All right. Um, Will, 
classic. Connor Holmes, what do you bring? All right. And an old code, but it still checks out apparently. <laughs> uh, this is Zam Wessel. Uh, that's a fire spray pilot. Uh, and Django Fett, also with a fire spray. So, uh, how this list has fallen. Oof. Uh, it used to have. So it used to have false transponder codes, hull upgrades, uh, two sets of thermal detonators, uh, but with the latest points increase on a lot of those upgrades, thermal detonators, uh, Count Dooku and Zam pilot specifically, uh, you don't get a lot anymore if you want to take both 14 point uh, force using crew. Uh, it's Dooku here on Sam, and then Palpatine Sidious on Django Fett, uh, which I think is an oxymoron. But because, uh, like, why would you stress a ship if you want to do an easier move with it? I don't know. But uh, regardless, it, it's still uh, an eyeball conversion when you need it, and. Uh, those bombs, so powerful on a ship that can fire out of its rear arc. Uh, you, you come in for the front arc, you hard turn away, start dropping bombs and shooting out the rear arc, all while getting uh, extra modifications through Django's ability and then the Zam Wessel conditions. Uh, Dion, I'm trying to think. We haven't seen, we didn't see any Zam Wessel play at all during Scarif. Of course, mm -hmm. we were picking our matchups so right. we kind of got to choose that uh but uh um do you have the you know, obviously you have the list full yeah. of how many how many how many iterations of zam actually ended up adding scarif zam or hey. not scarif uh alderaan searching for the word zam eight. there's eight hmm. okay uh but there's at least one two three four Five. Five, five of the eight. Of the, yeah, eight, go ahead. Five of the eight are crew. So only three pilots. Okay. So, I mean, apparently it's not priced too high as it's still uh, being uh, chosen to be brought. And uh, we see Connor Holmes still doing very well, even with uh, this super stripped down version of what it would have been. This thing probably would have had like a 20 point bid if you brought just these upgrades uh, before, before the last points change. So uh, I got mixed feelings about this. Um, I'm not sure what to, not sure what to think. Uh, I'm glad to see that it still can perform well. Obviously the those upgrades were uh, valuable. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much more double fire spray I can stand. <laughs> I mean, sorry, counter. We, I think we we all have the the we all understand, and we've talked about it a lot that the fire spray chassis itself is just good. Two sides of your ship can shoot three dice without any penalty or cost. Add passive mods to that, plus some automatic damage. That's what this list. That's what this list is, um, and that's mm -hmm. not even including their abilities. Like this, the the fire spray chassis is good. 
I, I, and you got, you got, yeah, exactly. Some people like, and the boost. And that's what I'm saying. Like, because you can shoot out the front or the back, that boost becomes a bigger weapon because now you can adjust that arc accordingly at a high initiative. I do think that if the fire spray was a rotating arc, that it just wouldn't be as good because it would then start costing you actions whether you wanted to fire out the front or the back. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you're going on a canonical basis, we've seen it rotate. You know, this could have been designed like an SF. It, it, there was, remember in our um, interview a while back with Max, uh, that there was the, the, the debate, should it be a red boost or a white boost? And Alex Davey won that debate and made it white. Um, I mean, is, is it too much to say that as of now, in all of second edition, fire spray has been the best chassis in the game. Is that too much to say? It's been the most consistent at the least. I think that 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 is yes. I'm with you, but if somebody's parsing words, I think consistent at, at minimum. That's 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 the minimum uh, threshold for that, for sure. Mm mm. All right, well, let, let's keep it going. We got some Republic here. Here, let's wash that taste out of your mouth, Will. Go ahead, t hit this uh, Republic list, too. All right, all right. Here's something I can really uh, get behind. Uh, this is Clinton Houston's uh, Republic Squadron. He's got uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi with the 7B uh, configuration. It's the Aether Sprite, obviously. Uh, then Ahsoka Tano as well uh, in the Aether Sprite, uh, rocking the 7B configuration. And then three Loyalist Volunteers, uh, who I'm going to just mentally canon as not clones. Uh, these Volunteers uh, bringing the Free-esque configuration, because why not? Uh, allowing them to be very cheap and surprisingly quick blockers uh, on a four health, three agility chassis uh, that can uh, sometimes fall uh, to just one or two shots, but uh, sometimes can, on that three agility, can survive a whole round of firing. Uh, so they're very, very good with that uh, cheap boost option as well. But the real story here is those 7B Jedi. Uh, Obi-Wan's ability to just spend force and allow people to keep focus tokens. Uh, imagine if he was uh, just keeping a single V-Wing alive uh, by uh, letting it hold on to its focus token every single shot. Uh, we've talked about how... Uh, We've talked about how good networked calculations is because you can never actually strip the token from one of these uh, vultures. But imagine that wasn't a vulture. Imagine there was a two shield, three agility ship instead. And Obi-Wan's just dedicating all of his force power to keeping that thing uh, defen as defensive as possible. Uh, in addition to just being an I-5 Jedi with double reposition, three force, uh, very, very good. I know Marcel's flown a lot of Obi-Wan in the 7B, and it can just single-handedly win games. In addition, though, Ahsoka being able to use her ability to either coordinate uh, a friendly or uh, give herself an action uh, even while stressed just for a simple force charge, 
on that three die attack uh, with 7B when you can s spend a force to target lock and then take your action as focus and then still have uh, an extra force for defense um, or even a boost with fine-tuned controls as well can really get into places and punch super hard uh, even if it is the li limited by uh, having the initiative of three uh, snips so so good um, we did see an esk trigger as well on stream which uh, i know uh, james was very excited about um, was able to call out one of those esk shots um, on a, a grievous flying away and uh, pinged him for the iron and just uh, locked it down uh, it's very random you, you need, do need to inflict a crit on your opponent uh, but that crit could set up a multitude of shots the following round, especially if you can get the Jedi to close into range one. Very, very good. I played him in round three, and um, he called out the crit on Corn Horn. Uh huh. And he caught Corn with the Ion, and Corn died that turn because because uh, he was Ion, and then he had five ships pointing at it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, so that, that, uh, that, I mean, you, you need a lot of luck for that to happen because you're, oh, okay, I'm going to call it now. And then you got to roll a crit sure. naturally, and then crit's got to go through, but, um, you know, why not? Especially when the opponent has shields, uh, I, uh, on shields that ion does a lot more than pop than taking a shield away. Yeah, I mean, we were, me and James are going back and forth about it when we were watching it on stream. But because you could only ask every other round, you do need to be somewhat conservative. Mm -hmm. But honestly, these V-Wings aren't going to get a good shot every single round, right? Like, uh, or at least a modded shot. Like, and I think I think if I would have a, a mod on my shot and the ESC available, I would just pop it regardless. Unless you think, like, that ship's just going to go one forward anyways. Like a, like a jouster pointing right at you. Right. All right. Well, let's let's keep this party going. Next up, we have uh, Juste Vigin bringing a, another version of that Dash Rendar list. This time, this is a trick shot Dash Rendar, Jin Urso, Perceptive Copilot, Outrider, False Transponder Codes. We mentioned that we weren't sure if we were going to see too much false transponder codes. It does end up popping up here again. Ahsoka and Jake, those are the A-Wings of choice. And they do have a little bit more, a little bit different loadout here in this one. Both of them have vectored cannons for that back shot. And then we have Starburst Slash and Proton Rockets on Jake Farrell. And Ahsoka has Instinctive Aim patience and proton rocket so it's trying to be a little bit more a little bit more punch a little more dangerous to go after that uh that those support pieces in this list uh because they both pack five dice punches with proton rockets and ahsoka can uh can use instinctive aim to uh to fire that even with uh you know without needing needing a focus token you just pop it off so don't 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 go face to face with those a wings. That could be could be a bad day. But good good performance there. We've talked a lot about dash in the last few weeks, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna move on here. Uh, Ryan, take a look at Brendan Osman Demons lists. 
another surprise to me, but something uh, at least an archetype I wanted to go back to, which was the full eight ship droid swarm. This is starting off with one, two, three separatist drone vultures with ion missiles, grappling struts. Then we have three separatist drones with discord missiles, grappling struts. We have one of my favorites, DFS311, the one who passes out calculates at the start of the engagement, just with grappling struts. And then we have Techno Union Bomber Hyena. So this is now I1, didn't have room to make it I3. So DFS311 and the Techno Union Bomber, uh, the Hyena, are both I1. Uh, has ion missiles, dark one probe droids, and landing struts. Now, I omitted something out of that because I want to bring it up. It's all independent calculations. Everyone took it. They wanted the double calculate action instead of the network calculations. Um, I've looked at this. I, In my opinion, this, this is my thing I wanted to bring up because um, I think there's viability in both. Independent calculations offers you, I think, a better alpha strike in that your offense will have more consistent output with independent calculations than it would network calculations. I don't have the full math on that. That is my initial thought from what's seeing what is successful with it and what hasn't been successful with it. I think where it can fall apart, though, is as the game progresses after the alpha strike, when you need to do certain maneuvers, where certain droids need to do some self-bumps, or do some red maneuvers. You don't have any droid that doesn't get an action now has no calculate to pull from. No network, no nothing. It's out there with no tokens and very easy pickings. So it's obviously up to the player to try and mitigate, mitigate that as much as possible and get this alpha strike off as best as they can. Now the actual like hitting power of this list right now, the munitions aren't strong in terms of their actual damage. They're very controlling with the ion missiles, then lock things up in the second engagement with discord missiles and bumps and the like. Um, the Dark One probe droids take a few turns to really get them out, so you need to play a little bit of keep away for a bit before turning in. But I, it's, I wanted to go back to eight ships because I think right now, in most cases, I think the amount of bodies might be more necessary than a bunch of variety of higher powered toys like plasma torps, ion torps, um, just the more expensive ones that there's more cases now where you're not only losing one droid in the first engagement, uh, my, my normal acceptance is one and a half, twos come up a lot more than I like to be. So uh, if I'm flying a seven ship list and it has mostly vultures, I'm flying a six ship list, but maybe closer to five sometimes, which is really <laughs> scary. Um, so I'd rather look at eight bodies so that I can maximize the amount of bodies I can still swarm or control the board or um, just have more shots and more targets for my opponent to have to take down. And I think this represents it well just in the independent calculations manner where, again, I think that's where your munitions or alpha-style strike will work. Yeah, I want to just take a second and talk about DFS 311. While we didn't get Brendan on stream, 
we there's going to be another player who you all know by name uh who we did get to see fly this dfs 311 and uh i, I can't understate the value of being able to like this quarterback ability right you're just like all right you you're getting a calculate you right it's, and it's just that that ship that might be the obvious target you, you give it a calculate you have that chance of of making sure that uh, you stay alive you have those extra mods and in a perfect world of course you're uh you know you'd be able to keep as many of those vultures alive like you were saying they these guys can pop they can pop will i remember when we when you flew vultures early on you were one of the first ones uh that i saw flying them and just seeing those you're like oh well that's dead next <laughs> Pop, pop. All right. Yeah, I will say DFS 311 is something to consider outside of a full swarm because even as a lone vulture taking struts and zero-cost independent calculations, that's like a force charge for whoever needs it that turn. Mm-hmm. Loving it. All right, let's keep it rolling. We got Fawn Langalan. We got another appearance of the Separatist Alliance. Marcel. That is a lot of separatists. Uh, so Fan is, uh, by the way, who I had winning in my bracket. Uh, you disappoint me. Yeah, I was flying General Grievous with Treacherous Kraken and Solus One, not uh, Impervious Blading. And then he had um, three HMP droids, one of them being Separatist and uh, Separatist Predator, and two Genosian prototypes. The Separatist Predator with Diamond Boron Missiles, DRK Probe Droids, and the Stabilizer. And then the two Genosian Prototypes with Sync Laser Cannons and uh, the Reposal, um, the, 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 the Stabilizer. Basically giving them Kraken, allowing them to really use those Sync Laser Cannons more as missiles and um, kind of just take away people's range 3 range three bonuses and um they're tough to kill they're tough to to arc dodge they're they're good ships i think we we know that so pretty cool it's, it's crazy how how many separatists made it when when you if you were thinking what's gonna be at the top you probably first order probably rebel um maybe resistance i would think republic not so much but um i i think nobody expected it <laughs> empire to be up there but i think separatist was probably like the second to the bottom if you were thinking what's 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 good right now or what's what's at in a good spot so mm -hmm. pretty good to see so much um so many unexpected uh lists and factions just make it in yeah, and the interesting part is that it wasn't just like the separatist movement we'll get to, I assume, later in our faction breakdown numbers is the number isn't drastically higher. It's not that they are more in the cut than a bunch of other factions. They were on the higher half, but they went deep, though. That's the big part consistently. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take the next one. Will, this is Winand Court bringing. Uh, a different a rebel list that doesn't have dash in it no dash 
Well, <laughs> it still has the most expensive uh, Hera B-Wing in the entire tournament. Uh, this one equipped with fire control system, synced laser cannon, and the stabilized S-foils, of course. Uh, Hera in the B-Wing has uh, been very popular now that it's got a significant points decrease and it's now the same price as A-Wing Hera. The ability to, with fire control system to acquire a lock, use your own reroll, and then be able to pass that lock off to another friendly ship uh, that could be uh, Jake Farrell's Proton Rocket. Uh, a four dice uh, attack from uh, Lieutenant Blunt if he gets the extra rate, uh, die for a ship being at range zero to one. Uh, Arvel as well, uh, that probably that should be in at zero to one for Blanc. Uh, Arvel is able to uh, intimidate, has predator rerolls, and then uh, if need be, you could sling Arvel uh, that lock or a focus or something. And it makes these, uh, then rounding out the list is uh, the, the real secret sauce here, AP5 with K2SO, giving uh, AP5 a, a way to double coordinate you take a calculate and then um, I'll coordinate uh, either you if you want it uh, or a separate ship altogether. Being able to coordinate stress ships, Hera loves linked actions. The A-Wings love their auto, uh, what are they, vectored thrusters to be able to link into boost all the time. Uh, so without that limitation, K2 or uh, AP5, I uh, can really help out the team. Plus, if you can give the calculate to Hera, uh, who, as a note, Hera can't actually share calculates. Um, so she could use the reroll and calculate to shoot her shot and then be able to pass off uh, the target lock and maybe even a focus if she took it as an action as well. And it all kind of just synergizes into if you can get Arvel to block something with the intimidation and just shoot everything you got at it. Uh, it. You should be able to take that ship off the board very reliably. Uh, between, like I said, the four dice blunt, five dice proton rocket, and then Hera. We didn't catch it on stream. We didn't have uh, a great opportunity for it. But the ability to shoot your primary and then spend your lock to follow up with a synced laser cannon, uh, this list can hunk a lot of red dice if you're not uh, ready for it. Uh, it's uh, very impressive. Just, just, just a couple ships, just some A wings and a Z ninety five. But like, <laughs> man, when you mix it all together, it becomes uh, something uh, greater than its parts. Mm -hmm. All right, and here we go. Of the one, the only Daniel Lim, aka Isofane, was also part of our top cut at the battle for alderaan so shout out to him long time uh and big time gsp supporter so in, made it into the top 16 with um a very similar list to is, is this the same no very similar 
similar list, but not quite the same as what was before. We have one, two, three, four, five, six separatist drones with those grappling struts, independent calculations. We also got DFS 311 with also that grappling struts, independent calculations. And um, what he leaned into here was the Captain Seer ability. Captain Seer ability uh, giving you that crack shot-like um, chance being able to spend a... Um, a calculate to cancel and evade for those friendly ships at range zero to three. Um, also carrying that soulless one for defensive rerolls. But when you have this many ships, you're going to be lining up those bullseyes with that block. Uh, and we were able to see him do that very effectively in the game that we streamed. And DFS 311 was a quarterback extraordinaire because essentially what Daniel did was like, who has, who has, bullseye on ships you get the extra calculate and guaranteeing or nearly guaranteeing captain sears ability going off for at least that ship so he has a game on stream correct it sounds like yeah mm -hmm. so curious there's no network calculations did he still fly in a block or did he spread out a little more oh yeah yeah he deployed everybody in range two of the board edge uh but he he did immediately uh hop uh, 311 onto a, a cornered rock and then kind of had him t like two bank onto the rock and then pointed out uh, towards the the inevitable joust and then Seer kind of just like hard wand for a bit uh, to let the the separatists get up ahead in front of him so that way uh, Seer could come in from behind um, basically play cleanup anything that was hurt just tag it with a three dice attack Mm -hmm. As I'm curious now if something like this could utilize a type of what Joel Springle did, uh, Snaggletooth style, where there's, granted, it's eight ships, it's a lot more to manage, but yeah. you don't have to fly them next to each other, but uh, obviously when they're out on their own, they're not as durable as Kiraxes, so I'm curious mm -hmm. to see yeah. um, if anyone has tried it or if uh, something might be worth trying. Yeah, I think that the ability of grappling struts in combination with independent calculations, because grappling struts will clear your stress no matter what, uh, as long as you started on that obstacle, you could just sit there and double calculate, double calculate every single round. And that's, I think, how like the mid and late game would probably end up for this list more often than not, is that if your opponent didn't want to joust, you guys could just fly into the obstacles and start posting up on different, um, like different obstacles covering different lanes and things. So then, yeah, use utilizing the uh, that that great synergy between the two upgrades uh, to just get a bunch of calculates. Yeah, I think another thing that makes this tough to try to fly outside of a traditional formation is that independent calculations gives you a stress when you take advantage of it, and the Trade Federation drones have a hard time getting rid of stress because their banks are white. So I think that that makes it a little bit harder to to um, to maneuver them and have them do everything that you want them to do because they're constantly having to do either straight or hard turns. All right. Well, we'll we have to see who's going to be brave enough to try it. Just see what happens. You never know. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's keep it going here. We're 
Ryan? All right, we got uh, JM, I don't know how to pronounce, but uh, Nutano in parentheses. Uh, it's Cosino. What is it? Cosino. Cosino. Okay, thank yeah. you. JM Kai. Cosino. Yeah. Uh, Galactic Republic running Sinker. Haven't seen that in a while. Arc 170 with R4P. Very underrated astromech, in my opinion, in the Republic. Way better than R4. Um, and then three Squad 7 veterans. They're the I3 Arc 170s with a kind of a smattering of upgrades. Well, two of them have Marge Stable Closure and R4P. And one of them has Intimidation, Veteran Tail Gunner, and R4P. So my assumption is with the new rules for gas clouds being that you don't have to worry about rolling, uh, getting, uh, giving your opponent the extra defense. These Arc 170s, I guess I'm assuming he brought gas clouds. Did Nutano bring gas clouds to your knowledge? Um, I can go, go search it right now. Before I go too deep into it, but in general, I think he's in the uh, chat. Yes, says, okay. I did. Nutano did. So, with the ability to just say, I'd "Yeet, go, fly through it," <laughs> give someone a give a give a ship or two some strain with that front arc, working almost. Uh, people who are familiar with what Sinker used to take quite often, which was Commander Cody, the whole if you would shoot and you had successful results and still missed, you would assign enemy a strain. What if you just had a one-point talent that could just give people strain when you would move? It's pretty good. Medium base for the Intimidation as well for squad set, for the third Squad 7 veteran, and likely being that one leading or at least closer to being more the blocking one, that veteran tail gunner taking potentially more effect shooting something in the front and something that may try to get past it. All right, let's go ahead. I think we have a couple more. Matija Mandrov. Take it, Marcel. All right, so um, Matija. So he's flying Poe Dameron, the 55-point um, Poe, with just Jamming Bean and the S-Foils. Jess Pablo with M9G8. Integrated as well as in Jamming Bean, M9G8 being the, the astromech that allows you to target lock a friendly and that friend, or target lock anything. And that thing you target lock can reroll a dice on your command. Uh, that usually goes on Kazuda Siono Fireball, R5 astromech. And then um, to round it out, it was a Red Squadron Expert with R68. Uh, what is R68? I don't even know. Oh, there's wait, wait. I know that's the one that that bullseye you get rerolls on bullseye. Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, yep. So, um, yeah, actually, I I saw this on stream play, and I played it against it myself two weeks ago. Um, very fun list and hits very hard. Can hit very hard. So um, everybody gets rerolls. So a lot of the time, most of them get double actions. And um, in this particular case, Poe is more of a support ship than coming in and punching you. So he's coming in probably behind to make sure that you get actions on all of your ships or double actions on, on the ships that need it. 
he has that dual effect though kind of like Hera B-Wing where uh, I mean granted Hera can't use her own ability on herself but she by herself can be a strong attack whereas Poe can use his ability on himself as well as others it just is every other turn yeah it's a, it's a really good ability I mean if you think about it it's um if you look at it as a, just uh, as a coordination where where Ahsoka on Rebels is coordinating, um, she has to spend two Force, so she can she can't do it consistently uh, constantly because she has, she's got to regen the Force at some point. Um, so it does. It's got. We know how good it is on Ahsoka. Of course, Ahsoka is doing it at Initiative Five, where Poe is doing it at Initiative Matching, whatever the ship you're coordinating is is moving at but uh coordinating or getting an extra action every other turn is, is just amazing gamut key is another one gamut can only do gamut's ability every other turn you know can only keep a token every other turn but that's six points and it's six points well spent so uh it's one of the better abilities that i think gets underutilized um and if you pair it with something like you know, uh, let's say something like Nyanam or something like Eloetsi or Ray can make those ships punch really, really hard. Now, that was our last top 32 list, but I want to, I do got to give a shout out to to some other. We did 32? I'm sorry, 16. No, that's that 16. Six, top 16. Sorry about that. That was our last top 16. Um, one of the things I do want to do is I'm planning on reaching out to people who made the cut, and uh, we talked about starting to write articles. I want them to tell us a little bit about their list, kind of what what, were, what are some of the strategies that they had implored. Uh, so if you were one of those top 16 players and you want to – or sorry, top cut players, top 32 uh, – Talk to me. We'll, uh, we'll we'll see if we can get something written up. I love just hearing from players and getting some of those insights that uh, that we heard from the, our finalists. It was just really great just to have that that discourse. Uh, but I want to give a quick shout out to Joel Anderson for bringing a star fortress to the top cut of the Galactic Championship Qualifier. You know, if we're we're calling out lists that are just just a little weird, I mean, let's be honest. It's a Ray list, right? Like, Ray probably does most of the heavy lifting, but you spent the other half of your points on a Star Fortress. I think you deserve a shout-out. So, uh, go ahead, Will. All right, you want me to break it down? Let's break, break it. it down. All right, so uh, as you said, Ray, uh, this Ray with all the fixins, uh, we got uh, Rose, Finn, and Title, uh, pretty standard upgrades there. Uh, Corsella to clear multiple stress, uh, which is just amazing. Uh, Contraband Cybernetics because. Uh, it's on theme uh, to take actions while stressed. Why not uh, be able to limit yourself with just the, the turret rotation and boost? Why not take any action while you sloop? Uh, plus those turns where you might not be able to uh, Corsella and clear all of them. Great addition there. Shield upgrade, which I think a lot of people go back and forth about. Uh, shield versus stealth on rank. But mm-hmm. uh, Joel here has taken the, the shield upgrade. And then Shattering Shot, uh, the new trick shot for 
the force users you can spend a force to add a eyeball result super good with finn and uh rose being able to use so you can shoot you add a blanket and eyeball you can uh, spend any result to acquire lock uh can put out geez what would that be then six hits at range one if you're getting obstructed uh hitting five hits consistently at range two and three obstructed that's that's the the true new death ray in my opinion but then if that offense wasn't enough uh vinny that star fortress that you were talking about uh, has trajectory simulator throwing out seismics and proton bombs uh, so you can kind of clear the field uh, uh clear the way for this star fortress got pad and analyzer perceptive co-pilot so you always have two focuses got veteran turret gunner and page uh, amazing combination where you can shoot once and you have the option to rotate or drop a bomb and then you can shoot then your uh side arc your your two dice uh bow tie uh with veteran turret gunner and then you can even rotate back to the original position as well uh it creates this very uh interesting uh, mechanic where you're really always getting that veteran turret gunner if you can shoot once you can line up and shoot a second time uh, but that all of that even before we're talking about Vinny's ability to add eyeball results when um what is it the defender or when the when the attacker is in a friendly mobile arc i believe is how that worded so it works for ray works for vinny's side arcs as well it even has a stealth device on vinny uh, so potentially it can start the game uh, rolling three or four evades at once so super interesting to see vinny's probably the most like by far the most defensive star fortress uh, with the ability to add defense dice but a, a true heavy hitter as well when you're launching a proton bomb and then shooting twice as well uh it could be very dangerous if you're not stripping those focus tokens mm -hmm. uh, making vinny spend him on defense now he's got a mod for both shots so very very interesting i would love to catch this on stream yeah and like a, a a huge shout out for him so he was one of our four and twos that made it into the cut but there were only four of them and to know that a star fortress made it in like just thinking about the MOV bleed that 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 ship can do, even though he is the most offensive, um, you know it's it, again two thumbs up. Pretty, it's it's always cool to see these uh, these little pockets of things that are, are a little different. And you talk about MOV bleed, but Joel was the highest four and two player in terms of MOV, and actually had a higher MOV. And a lot of the then a lot the of the five, five yeah all all he had higher movie than all the five wins. I mean, you, uh, it turns out you don't bleed him a V if you just come in killing ships. Yep, <laughs> you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> all right. So so that is that that's the yeah, we were like that is crazy. Exactly. Pretty pretty cool to see. All right. Now I want to point out. Go one it. quick thing with one list that I yeah. think is worth calling out. I think this hit. this 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 should hit Will right in the heart. Hit me. Dread Champ, not only so quick rundown: Hera A-wing, Thread Tracers, Vector Cannons, Jake Farrell, Ion Missiles, Vector Cannons, 
Pile Katarn, Proton Bombs, Jin Urso, Normal Decrow, Gray Squadron Bomber, Y-Wing, Dorsal, Ion Missile, Chopper, Astromech, and Seismic Charges, and then a generic Rebel Hawk with Proton Bombs and Sabine Wren crew. So you hit something yeah, with a Seismic and then trap them into one or two of the Proton Bombs, two Hawks, it's right up your alley, Will. Yeah, uh, Rebel Scout, better than all of the other pilots who never made it into the cut here. As a note, better than, better than, uh, Sintir Fell. Better, oh, better than every Imperial pilot, the <laughs> Rebel Scout. Calling, calling you out, Empire. Uh, and Dread, Dread was a 5-1 and one going into the yeah. cut. So who would have guessed some a 5-1 in this event would have two Hawks in the list, one of them a generic, neither with Moldy Crow. That that is cool. This is definitely definitely worth a, a write up on this one just to go. How? <laughs> tell me, tell me more, tell me more. All right. So I wanted to take a quick uh, quick gander at our at our faction breakdown. So for anybody who doesn't know, we have a results section for uh, for galaxies on our website. We have this uh, this chart up there. So let's go ahead and uh, and hit that. Will. All right, so taking a look at the faction breakdown, uh, we see uh, an enormous amount uh, in comparison for the other factions of Rebels. Rebels hit a total of 56 for the tournament, uh, beating out uh, the the other highest, uh, which uh, barely cracked uh well, I guess it's 37, 34, and uh, 30. So well above average there. A lot of people investing in Harrows and Dashes, and why not Hera and Dash together? Uh, but uh, a multitude of different lists. I, I personally think Scum has, or Scum, Rebels have the highest list variety of any faction right now. Uh, do you want four named pilots? Do you want a five, six, swarm, uh, five ship A wing uh, combination swarm? Do you want to go uh, the the large turrets, Dash or Han? Like it's very interesting uh, the variety of lists that the Rebels can provide, and uh, utilizing those like what do I say? Uh, like power pieces uh, so well, um, and after the recent points uh, changes. But as I mentioned, though, uh, Imperial's second highest faction in the tournament at 37, but zero it made the cut. Now, what uh, happened, Marcel? Why? Why do you th why do you think this happened? They just they just went home. They packed it all up. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of the things that made the Empire good and stand out and constantly make cuts is really not there at the moment. So you had the uh, the Barons; they they were doing good for a while. They're not really there. They got they, they got slapped a little bit. You have Strikers with disciplined, uh, either Gorn Strikers or Nash Strikers. They've gotten uh, disciplined went up. Um, generic Strikers went up, so they're not around anymore. Uh, you can't really do like the Sunterfell types at the moment. Right now, they're just you know with dash around with 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 the other things that are around right now. 
Sunter and those type of ships aren't doing that great. I think Defender, not Defender, um, X1 Vader is still really good, but um, Def- uh, X1 Vader struggles against against Dash a little bit because it doesn't have, you know, it only gets two boosts the entire game and it doesn't have an evade. It can't evade and 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 do its focus, so it'll struggle against against uh, the Dash matchups. Just it doesn't do as well of a job to 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 stay at range one of it. Um, so you're not, yeah, I mean, you're, you're essentially really just left with, with gimmicky lists or lists that are trying to do something. I saw, um, a, a few people bring, try to make Defender Vader work with either one or two, um, Lambda ship, which, which theoretically sounds right. You know, putting a couple Lambda ships that, that hit relatively hard, take up a lot of space. And allow and take a long time to kill allows Vader Defender to basically run amok. Uh, it would be probably similar to the winning list where you have an Upsilon and you have Breach kind of running that that jousting block, and you have your Ace trying to make it to the end game hitting really hard. That's probably what what it. Um, Reminds me of most with having two Lambda shuttles and, and Vader Defender. The only difference is that um, it doesn't have as much time on target because the Lambda shuttles just don't have really good dials, and they don't have those extra tools like the you know the, the extra the extra actions, the extra dice and attack, the ordnance, the um, barrel roll lock, and all those other you know fun toys that. The, um, the the first order version has so it's they're just just kind of in a weird spot of you know I think probably what they do best right now is you know death rain with bombs is pretty good um, you know bombers are probably decent because bombers you can put uh, ping on them feedback ping on them you can throw um, bombs that go in different directions that might be good. Rack, I think, can potentially still be good. I think we've seen two ship lists like a Rack Defender or, or even a Double Decimator. I think something you know, just something beefy like that, if it gets the right matchups, could be pretty good. Uh, can make it pretty far, but it, um, there's just nothing that stands out and, and nothing that scares you or nothing that scares the field. Like you might run into a Defender Vader and you're flying something that Defender Vader just chews up, but as far as like the entire field, there's nothing in the Empire right now that that you know makes the entire field be like oh i'm afraid of that you know there's no there's no dash there's no double fire spray there's no um you know there's nothing like that 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 really sticks out so i don't know what do you guys think i mean you make a lot of good points i mean they, they i think they got hit the hardest in the last points update uh discipline barons specifically uh, so that's pushed them to reach for their aces, uh, which um, may, is it because of the random uh, turn order uh, that we were utilizing where you could not guarantee moving last uh, that not made the Imperials bad, um, but made it to where if you are reaching for these aces, you want somebody with maybe the force uh, or uh, someone like Kylo, who I guess has the force, but he's in a, a beefier chassis uh, to try to ace in. 
Yeah, that yeah, makes. I, I, I think they're. <clears throat> I think if we look at what were the most common imperialists, was it kind of trip aces style or predominantly? Um, so, uh, sh quick shout out to Pink Brain, Brain Matter. Always uh, crunches some stats for us uh, after it, but we can actually go ahead and pull up, you know, the Empire. What were their most popular pilots? And uh, we had ten iterations of X One Vader, eight iterations of Tide Defender Vader. So right there, there's eighteen uh, of those thirty-three lists. Suter fell. I mean, they're they're going they're going high initiative. They're going high initiative. Uh, you would assume that these aggressors are probably all in one list, maybe two. Is there's a six listed there, and you you see some uh, some Death Rain, Rexler Brath, but uh, it seems like a majority of these lists are looking at those high initiative aces, uh, namely Vader and Sunterfell. Yeah, I'm surprised they did, we didn't see or people just completely dropped Sloan. Um... Because Sloan, I, mean, I heard you complaining about it for months. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 mean, I don't that. mind, but Sloan is still pretty good with, I mean, a lot of the stuff that, that one want relies on actions a lot. So, um, you know, if you give you, you know, the, maybe, maybe not so much Joel Springles list, but, um, so a lot of the other lists that were up there, you know, if, Jan if, if, um, Jangle kills something, if Dash kills something, if, Kylo or Tabson kill something. Those lists just don't do very well when they're double stressed. So um, she's that, always that, that might have always yeah, waiting. That that, that might have been a good call if you're an imperial. Uh, just uh, throw some nice old school six seven ship Sloan swarm. Thing with uh, Sloan is one. I mean, obviously, it, normal contemporary thought would say, "Hey, this is good against." large ships they don't they don't want to be locked down a lot of small ships can take advantage of it uh dash has outrider though and that could mitigate the stress much easier than what most people are used to having the dial in those blues or do a red and or not a red but a <clears throat> a white maneuver and leave without mods for even more turns but as someone who uh, was looking at what is viable around to consider when Dash has been heavily predominant. Um, Sloan was a consideration, but then Outrider has good ways to mitigate that for sure. But I guess going back to what I was asking for in the ace side of things, I think we'll have to see if random player order uh, and what that'll do in terms of can you run triple aces the way you used to an Imperial. Do you need a couple of blockers to kind of make sure they uh, clear the way or screen for your aces a little bit? Do you need a four or five ship list? You know, it's, it's a different time. Um, obviously, this is the, the first iteration of random player order utilized, and it's going to get uh, even crazier with Road. Well, so somebody was asking, what was the best Empire list? The best performing Empire player was uh, Sammy, a.k.a. Netter Mizuno, if you know him by that name. And oops, clicked the wrong button there. But he brought uh, Darth Vader. I'll bring that back up in a second. He brought Darth Vader and the Defender and two Inquisitors. Those are the TIE V1s with uh, uh, Foresight. With Foresight. So that, that was the best, the best one. 
so I mean that kind of does what you were saying, Stanny. You got the the foresight's kind of creating the screen for Darth Vader on two defensive ships, uh, but wasn't able to pull through into the cut. All right, we'll keep it going. Keep it going. I think All we right, so that first... was that was the rebels who did get uh, eight into the top thirty-two. Uh, but we're down to as a as a note, uh, there was only one light side, and was it the top eight or top sixteen? I think I think seven made it into the top sixteen, and only one made it into the top eight, and that was that that dash two A from uh, Tim. Uh, so uh, a lot a lot of rebels made it into the cut, but not not as far as you would think. Um, so breaking it down further. Uh, we have a uh, kind of similar spread here between resistance uh, having 34, uh, the uh, separatists at 29, uh, and 30 for the Republic. Uh, so as it kind of just just trickles down uh, ever so slightly. But the the big point here that I want to point out is that six of the 29 separatist had made the cut uh is that better than 20 percent? if my math is right that's one fifth of all separatists made it into the top 32 just above 20 percent, yeah 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 uh and i think that this is something uh honestly unique to separatist the people who are diehard separatist willing to fly them in every tournament uh regardless of if they're if they're hot or not right uh those people who are dedicated separatist players seem to always do well with them and this is beyond like the the django zam uh meta right where we would always see like four or five um maybe uh more uh django's uh get into the top 32 cuts but this time we had variations of uh, mixed mixed arm swarms, uh, pure uh, eight ship swarms, uh, utilizing uh, the the different uh, networked calculations and independent calculations. So that's that's very interesting to me. But uh, like I said, I think that's pretty consistent with the separatists. I don't know what Ryan. Do you got insight on why are the separatists better at making cuts? Oh, um. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, so I think one one big one, obviously, is the that. meta that we had was extremely dominant of Zam and Django. Like, that was really strong, as it was. Um, the next part is I, b because we've seen such a dip in Swarm success and play, and because a lot of people don't play Swarms that often anyway, there's not a lot of people who have had experience playing against swarms and know what to do, what to attack, how to trade. Because a big difference that I think a lot of people try and do against swarms, they try to avoid everything. They try and arc dodge all of it. In second edition, unless the swarm player massively screws up, they're going to find something and kill it. You just have to make sure that something is worth trading or the position or the what you can trade in the droids that you can kill for your other ships in the list. 
He's just going to make it difficult as possible to kill the thing the droids are trying to take down. Obviously, they're not going to commit immediately in the beginning of the game. They're not going to make it as obvious. Uh, a, a good swarm player will try and make sure that their options are open to attack whatever target that they can turn in on. But you just want to make it as, whether it's ace or four ship or even five ship, if you are outnumbered, you need to make it as difficult as possible to uh, give the swarm a viable target. Um, they will find one, though. That is a guarantee. They're going to find one, and they're going to get one, at least, even in a three-ship list. Um, I will point out that the Scum actually had the highest cut conversion. Uh, the 7 out of 27 gave them basically a, a rounding up by one as a 26%, which was the highest conversion. Yeah, interesting. I mean, the the, the scum is, uh, I think, up there as well with the ship or a faction who's got the a large list variety of what you can take. Uh, whether it's things like uh, the salads that uh, Nicholas God has been flying, or apparently just pure efficiency uh, with the, I would say, what the the disappearance of M three A's. I think that was another thing that I would be interested to check on. How many M3As? Five. Were, there were five. Like or lists? There were five cartel spacers total. Total in out of 250 plus lists. Uh, yeah, and three of them were in one list. Was yep. uh, in Octacon's list. So uh, there's. Uh, a lot more to be discovered, I think. The, um, the, the, what do I say? The, the easy mode of just flying like cheap four health agility ships is just not, not an option for, uh, or has been proven to be not a viable option for Scum or Empire right now. So, glad to, uh, dig a little bit deeper to find those those hidden gems those those uh black sun uh aces in these different factions to get them uh, to really uh succeed so there we go there's our faction breakdown for alderaan um i, I do think probably the most surprising is the goose egg that the uh, that the empire posted up because normally Normally, you see Empire doing pretty well. And there, there is that argument like, well, Empire players are just playing uh, First Order. You know, we, I saw the joke, you know, the pointy bits. You just switch them to the First <laughs> Order, right? Um, right? But even even still, like, there, there is definitely a shift happening. And, you know, there could be – we could have been a couple dice rolls away from seeing Defender Vader in the cut. We know that he mm -hmm. got close. He was, you know, he was on the perimeter, uh, but didn't quite make it in. We'll see what he does in the future. So uh, another thing you can see on GoldSquadronPodcast.com is the full bracket. You can see that full rundown. And if you tuned in early, you got to uh, experience the narrative that went around, went along with our event. It's something that we're we're starting to do here at Gold Squadron is uh, we're putting on a story essentially with 
the tournament. There was a, a whole setup, and there's going to be a follow-up to um, the the story for the Battle of Alderaan uh, that will include the conclusion and how the tournament actually went. So you can look for that out on our YouTube channel. If you didn't get to watch it, you didn't get to catch it, it will be put up in its uh, in just like that clip um, later, probably after we get all the games out. We'll, we'll, we'll put the uh, we'll put the the narrative out there. But it was uh, it was super fun fun to do now uh before before we wrap this up is there anything you guys want to bring up in regards of uh galaxies as a whole alderaan uh anything at all the floor the floor is yours open open soapbox here if you got anything uh, i mean, i'll just congratulate you on all of the the players i mean and uh the team working on it that uh, it, it really was very successful. Um, um, it was uh, uh, PIFO, or however you pronounce his weird name. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, he was helping us out in last weekend, and he was like, huh, I don't have a lot to do. Uh, tournament's running pretty smoothly. I'm like, yeah, we've we've conditioned the players, uh, and the you know, the team is very uh, you know tight on what we're trying to do to get them to be successful. And yeah, we uh, other than like some drops, which happens because like you know we're corralling two hundred and fifty something cats, uh, and some some of them get loose. It happens, but uh, other than um, that, which um, it, it, like I said, it'll happen. Uh, the tournament ran very smooth. Everyone was very positive. I thought that, uh, and that that wasn't just an Alderaan too. Like I thought, hopefully, everybody uh, who has got to play in one, I thought it was run pretty smooth. And uh, I'll, I'll congratulate you, Dion, on that uh, you run a pretty good tournament. It is smooth sailing most of the time. I try. I try. You know, we we want to want to make sure the whole thing with the reason we started this right is COVID, and um, I I try to as often as possible look for silver linings. And I know some players ask like, hey, if in person events come back in twenty two, is Galaxies like done? And my answer is no. I don't think I think there's still a place for it. it there's it, I don't is there eight qualifiers and an invitational probably not that is a lot but um uh... So in some way, we'll, we're going to figure it out. I'm I'm going to get the shipping done first and then I'll start planning 22. I promise. Okay? <laughs> I promise. But I know I know that there was a lot of uh, a lot of players who don't necessarily have access to travel. Uh there's players who maybe this even in 22 might not be comfortable traveling uh and just giving them an opportunity to play competitive X-wing against players all around the world. Why not? So, so I guess I'll, I'll bring up the question then. Can you give any sort of teaser as to what's next? So at the end, yes. So at the end of yesterday, yeah, at the end of yesterday's stream, I I gave a tease. I, I gave, I guess it was too subtle for some people. They didn't catch it. Um, so yes. And I put up a logo for for what is going to be um the theme of next year's 
or part of the theme for next year's Galaxies, and that was a Death Star 2 logo in it. I'll go ahead and see if I can pull it up here real quick. But uh, there were some people who just were like, wait, what? They, like, there was definitely like, what? I, I said, I'm going to do a thing, and I put it up on the screen. People were like, what, what, what is it? And I was just like, it was like it's, right, it's right there. So uh, for those of you who saw it, you saw it. Death Star 2 2022. Come on, come on. That sound that sounds good, right? So uh, if you if you didn't catch it, it was it was there. It was there. Let's see. Can I? I forgot what the. I didn't. Of course, I didn't name the source, so I can't bring it up quickly. So sorry, we don't get it now. <laughs> but yeah, that's what. Like it's it's happening. It's happening. The question is like how many qualifiers are actually sustainable? Because one of the issues is I have to order all these prizes before anybody signs up. And there's some uh, there's some major risk there, <laughs> as you guys could imagine. So uh, we will end up uh, we will end up seeing what happens there. Um, Marcel talking about Team Puerto Rico. Oh, they're talking about the shirt, the the one star with red, one star and red and white stripes. Well, listen, listen. I had originally <laughs> on the back all fifty stars, and you told me to take them off. So. It would have been more obvious before. I, I don't mind. I, I like it. I'm, I wear it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the reason I keep staring is because the Bears are up 27-26. Uh, they just went up like a second ago. So that's why I, like, my brain was over there. Um, yeah, so I, uh, did, did you say the most important thing about this weekend? Uh, there's something Team funny. Greedo Sparkly Pants are in the top 16 of, of the crate team. I mean, I'm going to be biased and say that's not the most important thing. It's probably the seven-month-long uh, tournament series that just came to a close. It's probably more important that I worked on blood, sweat, and tears, put so many hours of my life into. That's probably a little more important to me, but I am no. hyped that we got into the cut, though. Yeah, no. So um, that'll be good. Is, and is is there anything happening between now and LVO uh, X Wing competition wise? There is. Uh, I know that a lot of people have small things going on. Um, apparently, there's a charity tournament maybe happening in Milwaukee in December. So that mm -hmm. makes that makes me go. That's not far away. Maybe, um, but I think I think LVO might be the first thing, mm -hmm. and the second thing after that would probably be Crossroads mm -hmm. in Indiana, and I know that the St. Louis guys are planning something in May, but they may have accidentally scheduled it on Mother's Day, and I was like, guys, it's Mother's Day, probably don't do that, so they're probably going to move that. <laughs> That's that, that's a that's a quick way to burn through wife points and uh -huh. use all your wife points in one day for the whole year. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll tell you one person who's not going to be there. This guy, because that'll that... be the first official Mother's Day. For whoop whoop! Hype hype! No 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 no! Yeah. Can't, when is can't uh... whoop. <laughs> when is uh, Lima open? That's coming up, right? Or uh, I, I saw something come, something about November fourth. I think that's their sign up, but it's not the actual tournament, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I know that, so, that there's yeah, there's online events going on. I know Tommy's got some stuff going on with uh, XVT. There's the Lima Open. 
Uh, yeah, there's lots of lots of stuff going on, man. Uh, will we be starting an online GSP event uh, before Easter? Uh, probably not. Probably not. And the reason is April. April's like a, a hands-off month. My wife and my daughter's birthdays during then. I can't. I can't. That's that's no go zone. That's why we started the first week of May. So that's usually when when galaxies will start, and it's it's 100% predicated on those birthdays. But it gives gives a nice break. We did do, if you guys do remember, we did have the Flight Club Championships in the early part of the year. I, I will tell you, the Flight Club Championships are not coming back in the same way. But I got some, I got something else planned for that. Kind of, sort of. It's not the same. It might have the same name, but it won't look the same. That's all I got to say. No more. No more spoilers. I can't give anything else away. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for listening, but uh, I, also just thank you for supporting the galactic championships because without the interest without people wanting to talk about it without people talking about it playing in it um watching the streams we don't have x-wing we don't have excitement we don't have community so thank you for being a part of that and i am looking forward to see how things continue to progress in the future uh because with all the changes happening i guarantee you one thing it's going to look a little different it's going to feel a little different, and we all have a lot of learning to do. Much to learn. Somebody somebody said that in the, in the Star War. Somebody. At, at one point in time. Well, thank you for hanging out, ever, hanging out everybody. Uh, I'm going to go continue shipping stuff. I'm going to eat a quick dinner and then work on shipping. All right? So uh, thanks for watching. Oh, by, by the way, by the way, sorry. Last thing, last thing. Um, target locks. We have... A couple left, all right? If you're interested in scooping up Galaxy's target locks, it's not many. But from my understanding, if I, if I looked at stock numbers correctly, we have 13 Lamu target locks left. Lamu is the um, uh, is the one with the, with the ring around it. And three Tatooine target locks left. And that's four players who people who played in galaxies okay if those don't get sold i'll make them available to the general public um but that's that's what i have left if you wanted to get your hands on those if you want to complete your set or something like that ten dollars to add that to your swag and uh like i said we have three tatooine and 13 lamu and if we don't uh if those don't get sold they will uh sold for galaxies participants will open it up to everybody else all right that's all i got everybody stay smart stay safe and hopefully um Hopefully all of your guys' emails are correct for those of you who signed up for Galaxies because I'm going to be sending out address confirmations. And don't get wrecked because your address changed and you didn't tell me. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. Gold Squadron out.